It's the sales velocity. It's how quickly it, the turn rate, how quickly that dollar turns. So an explanation of that is we had a gallon store with 300 bucks. She flipped that to grow 36,000 in sales in about a five month period. So the question becomes, where else are you going to put your $300 and grow it to $36,000 in sales and our better sellers get a 50% profit? Where else are you going to do that? You're listening to Ann Sieg, founder and CEO of the e-commerce business school. If you're looking for a genuine six-figure solopreneur business idea with a tiny upfront investment, or you simply want to add another sizable stream of income to your business on near autopilot, today's interview will be very exciting for you. And you'll want to stick around to the very end to find out how I'm personally making money now with Amazon Arbitrage, and how you could too, because Anne is today's guest on Solopreneur Success. Welcome to the Solopreneur Success Podcast, where successful business owners gather to share true stories and sound advice to help you start and grow your own solopreneur business. Come soar with us and design the life you love. Now, here's your host, Steve Combs. Hello, solopreneurs. Today, I'm interviewing Anne Sieg, the founder and CEO of the e-commerce business school. And today, we're going to talk about how you can make a very good living as a solopreneur through arbitrage in one of the hottest places to sell stuff on earth. And in Anne's case, and many of her students, that means millions of dollars in sales. Excited to have this conversation. Anne, welcome to the show today. Thank you. Thrilled to be here. Love sharing this information with folks. Awesome. I'm just going to start really simply by asking for our listeners who may not be familiar with the term, what is arbitrage and what caused you to go into business using it in the first place? So arbitrage simply means to buy low and sell high and pocket the difference. And arbitrage takes place all over the world. You know, you look at all the different commodities that are out there and inevitably it's being sold less for somewhere else and sold higher elsewhere. And so what we do in the e-commerce space specifically, where someone can step into the e-commerce space very quickly, is learning how to source, find, source in e-commerce means find, find products at a lower price. And then specifically, we start people through the arbitrage model through Amazon because they have the entire sales funnel built. They've got all the gorgeous customers, et cetera. But buying low and sell high. So I'll give you a really quick example is one method of arbitrage so that people can understand tangibly how it works is through one method called local retail arbitrage. And what makes this so simple is on your smartphone, I know this isn't being seen right now, but (laughs) as I talk this through, your smartphone is you can download an app that's been created by Amazon for this sourcing method, and it's called the Amazon Seller app. So you download this app, got on your phone, you do have to have an Amazon account as well. That's kind of a different conversation, but basically what happens is you take your phone and you go to Walmart. Now, I live nine miles right now from downtown Bentonville, and I have sourced directly at their main store right across from their main office at Walmart. And I have my phone out and I'm scanning products with my phone with the Amazon seller app. And basically through the camera and through this software, it's going to read the barcode on a product. So I'm holding up a product that's called Burt's Bees. I'm pretty sure everybody is familiar with Burt's Bees. And on the back is a UPC code. And I know for a fact these are sold on Amazon because that's where I buy them. But anyway, so your phone through that app is going to identify, read that UPC code, and what it's looking for through their software is to see if it is on the Amazon catalog, that in their product catalog, in their product offerings. And then, and this is like a microsecond, and you'll feel your phone kind of do a little buzz. It's working. And then boom, it shows the listing. And what it does is it lists all the important data that's important for us as a flipper. You can call ourselves a product flipper. So Amazon is accommodating this. They let you know how fast it's selling, meaning it's rank. They show the profit. They show the cost of what it's going to, for you to ship it into an Amazon warehouse. Oh, wait a minute. They show how many sellers. So they are setting up these data points and there's others that are important. We actually have a card that we send to our members that there's like 12 different factors you want to be aware of. But so basically, it's like in real estate, they buy low, they sell high, they don't call it arbitrage, they call it house flipping. There's a lot of TV shows to that effect. 
It's the same thing, except this is so not about fixing up a product, making it squeaky clean, and then shipping it in. You're taking a product off the shelf of a local store, like Walmart, like Walmart, you're looking for that price differential, you consider these other factors, and then you ship it into Amazon as an FBA seller, and you make the profit. Does that make sense? Or do you have any questions beyond that? Yeah. Well, number one, I noticed I was pronouncing arbitrage differently than you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that probably comes because I'm always reading arbitrage, you know, and it's like oh. lazy mouth here, you no, know, open it up and do arbitrage. But uh, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Now, getting it to Amazon and it goes to their warehouse, that, that's really interesting. So you can go on Amazon, you can see third party sellers. When yes. you go shopping on Amazon, everybody pretty much shops on Amazon all the time. They see these third party sellers. Sometimes they're prime, sometimes they're not. Mm -hmm. And I know there's a lot of different factors that go into that, but I don't want to go too deep in that just yet. What I'd love to hear is what got you down that path mm. to, to using arbitrage in the first place? Yeah, it's been kind of a long journey. For one, my two sons had an eBay business when they were in high school and junior high. I had homeschooled and I was making entrepreneurship very natural because we had owned several different businesses during that time. And it was like, hey, we're you're going to kind of learn what mom and pop are doing instead of being an isolated activity. We kind of taught them along. And so it was kind of natural that, hey, mom, we're going to start an eBay business. And basically, they sold um, swords, uh, Lord of the Rings, some uh, Marine kind of stuff, military stuff. And that lasted for a season, which was great. But basically, I came online in 2004, and I was trying to solve a specific business problem, which was how do I get more leads? How do I get more prospects and customers coming into my business? And so my son had already gone online. He was starting the study. He said, you should just come online and start learning. So I did. I got into a training company. And basically, I was in the direct sales industry when I first came online. And then subsequent to that, I turned around and taught other people who were in direct sales, hey, come on come online. The grass is greener over here. Instead of doing everything offline, come on over here. It's much more scalable. You can build a sales funnel and this, that whole world. So I taught that for about seven years and then was reintroduced back into e-commerce the fall of 2013 by my original coach and mentor from 2004. He said, Ann, check this out. And so I did. I told my husband, I said, oh, this, and this is arbitrage, by the way, through from eBay or from Amazon to eBay. And that whole ecosystem changed. We no longer teach with eBay. In any case, I said, so my husband's like, I, I know, I've got, still got my eBay account. Let me give it a shot. Within a, a week, he was selling it into profitability. This is a lot faster than teaching people how to build a whole sales funnel, how to sift and sort prospects. It's more arduous. Over here with Amazon, they've done all the funnel building. So basically, I made the big shift on New Year's Eve day with my current training company I had at that time. I said, check this out, people. So as my inner circle group, and I showed it to them, they all moved forward into that. The results, my students just took off because they understood keywords and they just had a little more foundation relative to understanding the online space and they just took off. And I haven't looked back since. So it's been seven years since I shifted into the e-commerce space. And now we hang our hat primarily on Amazon, but we teach beyond that into Shopify. And I have a little saying to deep blue oceans and beyond. It's inexhaustible, especially now come COVID-19. The <laughs> water's just got a whole lot deeper and better. Yeah, because everybody's shopping online now. Nobody's wanting to go to the stores. And even if you can go to the store, some of them have limited hours. They're not open at all. It's just, it's been quite the interesting experience for the transition we've seen with the coronavirus going on this year. And I'm, I'm certain it's just going to continue to grow the opportunities with if anything that's online. And, and that's yeah. across the board. Across uh, the board. No exception there. So you, you kind of alluded to, you had some direct marketing actually. So I'm curious, what kind of direct marketing were you doing prior to? All this e-commerce stuff. Yes. Okay. Well, in the offline space, basically, I started when I was pregnant with my second child. And I did a company that many people have heard of called Mary Kay. It used to be a huge, huge direct selling company. Yeah. And basically, I was very committed to my motherhood, you know, and I, I didn't want to be a career woman. I just didn't. I wanted to put my priority with raising our kids. And so I was a gymnastics coach. And I did that career for 15 years, which was evenings and weekends. 
but I wanted to bring in more income. And so I had been introduced into direct sales. And this has been in the brick and mortar when, or offline world when there was no internet. <laughs> so I won't give that. But there, it was just like barely in existence, okay? When I was pregnant with my second child, he's now 32. And so, but I liked it. And so I ended up doing, as if there's any female listeners, they'll be familiar with this, of home parties. So I would do all these different home parties and show the stuff and sell it. I like selling stuff. And I did Avon. It was fun. Avon was so easy because it was such a recognized brand. I didn't even have to try that hard, but it was fun. And I sold Christmas bells when I was seven years old that I made myself. So I think sales is really fun. And so it evolved to where I got more serious about, okay, this can become a full-time income. I'm going to really go to town with this. And so my son had sponsored me into a company when he was 18. So I just got, mm, when I kind of set my mind to something, I'm going to grow this to six figures. Well, I got tapped out in the local market. I just couldn't find another, more people to talk to about my opportunity. And coming online was bar none the best thing I ever did because it just, like you say, it didn't just open one world. It's like I said, e-commerce is to deep blue ocean to be on. Everyone I know is in the online space. I was doing really, really well right now because of COVID. So that was 15 years ago that led me to that. And the other part about my makeup is I love teaching. So whatever I'm doing, I just have to naturally turn around and teach. And so that's just kind of my personal wheelhouse. So anyways, it was that direct sales. And I did start the education-based marketing in the offline world by doing health awareness seminars. I saw a gal doing it. I thought, I can do that. My sales became so much easier when I led with valuable education, I didn't even have to sell. I would do these and then they'd all line up wanting to place orders with me. So what I learned in the offline world in that way, which was that whole natural thing of teaching, both my parents are teachers. So I take that into the online world is teaching sales. I totally agree because when you can show the reasoning behind something and it just makes sense and it clicks and there's an emotional hot button in there with logical, credible support, it becomes a no-brainer to take care of fixing the problem or giving the benefit or whatever that, that sales provides to them. Yeah. When they purchase a product or purchase a service, that's just what we do. And you already alluded to the, the, the big, deep blue ocean, and you're absolutely right. My, my business has exploded in coronavirus as well because I've been online. I've always been virtual since I've been a solopreneur. And I'm just very thankful to be in this position that we can have that. And I know some listeners may be tied to a brick and mortar, might be uh, mm-hmm. stuck in a job and now they're, they're home and they're like, okay, what do I do now? And that's why I was so excited to bring you on the show, because this is really one of those opportunities that you can take and you can run with very quickly and you can make an income with very quickly. I know you kind of already talked about this a little bit kind of in, in passing, but how quickly can people really start making an income with arbitrage? Yeah. And I, if I'm going to just zoom out a little bit too, in that e-commerce covers such a broad scope, I think this is really big zoom out global combo. I just want to touch on real quickly is people are going to get exposed to a lot of different methods out there, but they need to have a context of the pros and the cons of, am I in the deep end of the pool right now? Or am I at the beginning phase? And it's generally not discussed in an open, broad way. So I really want to just because I am going to hone in on arbitrage, but I also want, because we've taught on almost every method, including sourcing from China, is whenever you're making that endeavor and you're adapting and you're like maybe wanting to find that side income or your brick and mortar, your business is hurting, it's so important that you mitigate that learning curve as much as possible. But you don't know. It's kind of that thing, I don't know what I don't know. So it could, you jump right into the deepest end of the pool, which would be Shopify because you're going to have to do marketing. You're going to have to learn traffic and conversions. And that's, that's a high-level skill set. Or you start in the, the, the really shallow end of the pool, right? So I just want to make that context really clear because that helps to answer your question where you said, how quickly can they? I can't make promises about Shopify happening quickly. That is for certain. And absolutely with sourcing from China, now the variables have shot through the roof. And anytime when you're looking at a business model, the more variables you have in play, the greater your likelihood of risk and the decrease of predictability. So I wanted that to be a big zoomed out conversation because where we've landed, where we really want to start people with arbitrage, it may not be where they really want to go. That's okay. 
but you will establish cash flow very quickly and you will have the opportunity to set it up as an automated business with the mindset from day one. That's a very important conversation to have because now you can look at it more as a stepping stone if you want it to be. Because you may be saying, no, no, I really should have my own brand. I should be in shop. That's fine. But it's going to be a long learning curve. And you may not get into profitability until you're out. Just so you know. Truly, because you're going to have, I know this for a fact, because of the learning curve involved. So with arbitrage, the learning curve is much shorter because the level of predictability is so darned high because you have more data points. And the one who wins the game at the end of the day is the one who knows how to which are the most relevant data points and how to interpret them, okay? So with arbitrage, it's through local reach arbitrage, there's an, a number of data points you need, but we teach online as well. And the online method is what gives you much more ability to scale. So I'm kind of zooming out on the big conversation because I want people to understand the benefits of what it's going to do for them. And what scale means is you can step into this thing from day one and know, Wait a minute, you're telling me I can have this be an automated income? Yes, I am telling you that. And they're like, but that sounds like a, a fantasy because I used to think that too. It's because there's systems and there's teams in place to run those systems for you. Albeit, you got to do a good job with that, right? So I wanted to say that. But with local retail arbitrage, you can literally be in profitability in two weeks. Literally. Uh, it happens really all the time. All the time. Meaning, and I say two weeks because Amazon is a two-week payout for one. So that's, a, I can't say day one. Why? Because Amazon only pays out every two weeks. But it can mean this, that the very first products that you source and that you ship into Amazon, conceivably, if you go through those requirements correctly, the parameters, it can sell as soon as it hits Amazon warehouse. You know, they scan it, it's sold. Back, you can be doing local retail arbitrage and you can list that right while in your in the store before you bought the product and have it sold. That's just a little secret tip. So that means it's got to go through the system and the payout is two weeks later. So it is all dependent on your ability to interpret the data and make a smart, savvy business decision that puts you more in the mindset of you're an investor, just like you are in real estate. Sure, you're shopping. What you really are doing is you're taking your dollar bill and the, the picture I give it is the mental picture is you're putting a lash to the back of that dollar bill and you're saying, you earn your keep, buddy. And so that dollar bill, the way it earns its keep, and it's known in the retail world, why did I draw a blank on it? It's the sales velocity. It's how quickly it, the turn rate, how quickly that dollar turns. So an explanation of that is we had a gallon store with 300 bucks. She flipped that to grow 36,000 in sales in about a five-month period. So the question becomes, where else are you going to put your $300 and grow it to $36,000 in sales and our better sellers get a 50% profit? Where else are you going to do that? Because you want to know, what are my profits? Ours in our community runs from about 28 to on a low end to 50%. And there's a reason for the 50%. But so um, your question was how quickly. Yeah. It can happen in two weeks for profitability, not just sales profitability in two weeks. Gotcha. Of course, I would imagine as a business owner, and not, you're probably going to want to reinvest those profits so you can grow your base so you can make a larger profit at one time. So that's going to be part of the conversation as well. It's not going to be, okay, I have $300. I just made $18,000 in five months. It's not really, you're going to keep 18000 in your bank account. You're going to reinvest some, at least some of that. You're going to want to put back into purchasing more products that are going to make you money faster in a bigger balloon rate. I'm just curious, because that's, that's the quickness of profitability. How long would it take somebody to, to build a, I don't know, maybe a, a mid-five-figure income, do you think, is typical or something like that? Just to say it's a, it's a starting point. I know some people can go much larger than five figures, but for kind of like a, a lot of people could probably leave their job with a mid-five-figure income. So what would that look like as far as time frame? It's really that time frame is predicated on how much they can bring to the table from, we'll call it from day one. Can they bring two grand a month to invest? Is it, hey, all I got is 300? It's really going to depend on that person. I will say we actually have what's called a profit calculator. It's, it's a really well-built sheet, Google sheet, 
which then has two different tabs. One is about so you can see the profitability. The second tab, and that's actually, I'm trying to think, that's in our the free gift, yeah, is that the reinvestment part. So you can do pretty good calculations of that, but the two variables are, I mean, when you talk about the time, it's really first predicated on how much. The person who can plop 10 grand in, oh yeah, really fast. Again, depending on how good a job they do with these parameters that we set up. So example, the sales velocity, which when I interview my top seller is the one gal has 50% turn rate in a month. That's because, this is really key, she only buys products that are in the 1% category or less. Meaning, okay, so we have this, this little card that I know you can see, but not the listeners, is it shows the 1% category. That means it's selling insanely fast, probably thousands per day, could even be per hour. So she said, I just don't mess around if it's 5%, you know, in between one and five. That's her decision. Another seller is saying, you know, I'm fine with 5% and less. So it's really that seller who wants to determine, no, I only want to see three other sellers that I'm competing with, and it better be in 1% or less. So you have these um, parameters that you control on your end, albeit the marketplace fluctuates, especially during Q4. But back to your point, it's how much money to put into inventory at the beginning. They're going to get there faster. However, again, they've got to have those parameters. Are they doing a good job? Because the gal who waltzes in with only 300 bucks, but man, she is tight with her parameters and she flips her money around faster. Do you kind of see the variances that can happen there? Absolutely. And I, I think that's just a given anyways, because not everybody's going to approach business the same way. Not everybody has the same amount of money to invest. And not everybody is going to as faithfully apply the principles of the, of the maximum. But you keep mentioning like 1%, 5%. What, yeah. You tell a little bit about what is that actually the 1%? Is that the top 1% of sale, sold items or what does that mean? Yeah. And to, I apologize. Loop back to your question to give a more concrete. I mean, we've had people reach five figures in three months. So, but again, I can't say, oh, Mr. or Mrs. Listener, three months, yeah, you'll be in the same boat. There's too many variances. Okay, so on to, um, we call it our guide to category rank. What it means is this, is that Amazon has many different categories, many, and they keep adding new categories. You'll have, so I'm just going to read off real quickly. We've got arts and crafts and sewing is one. There's baby, there's beauty, there's books, there's camera and photo. There's CDs and vinyl, there's cell phone and accessories, clothing, shoes and jewelry, computer. So there's all these categories. What that means in each category it's not a, as though uniformly, oh yeah, and every category has a million products, not by any shape or form. For example, household is huge, whereas you have baby is smaller. And so the percent has to do with what are the 1%, what's the quantity, what's the number of 1% or less in baby? So I'm just going to read it aloud from this card, for example. So in baby... There are 102,000 product listings that are in the best 1%, 102,000. Now I'm going to zip down to, I'm going to go to clothing, shoes, and jewelry for contrast. There's 1.6 million products that are in the 1% category and less. So your likelihood of finding a product in the 1% category of clothing, shoes, and jewelry is a lot higher based on sheer volume. There's 1.6 million just that are in the 1% that are selling the fastest is what that means. So 1% of all of that category, that's how many it is. So it's been fun when I have scanned and I found it for number one where you go, I found the top moving product. It was the kind bar for food category and household. It was right at this time of year, the little lunchable boxes for going back to school. And oh, wow. so that's kind of like, that means they're selling, it could be 7,000 units an hour. I don't know, but it's a lot. And then you go, oh man, I hope there's not a lot of sellers because <laughs> that's another part that's called competition. Yeah, people supply are, and demand. Supply and demand because people are always like, the gotcha, the gotcha. And I like pretty much have an answer for every gotcha that comes up. That's exciting. I, I'm just hearing this. And I'm like, there's so many opportunities. We used to do the same thing back in the day. This is back probably about the time you were getting started. Also, like 2004, we'll go to like our local like warehouse store. And I remember one time we, we this is back when we were still using eBay and it was before Amazon. 
and we picked up disposable diapers and we we're making a fortune. We, we bought the entire stock out <laughs> and we we're just selling it on eBay. It was like crazy money. Uh, we were using it, turning it around, making, you know, buying Christmas presents with it back then. And uh, it, was, it was awesome. And we just bought the stock and sold it all. And then, of course, that was the end of that run because we had no more stock. But yes. you know, that, that's exactly what you can do with what you're talking about with Amazon, which is the, probably the biggest marketplace, at least in the United States, to sell at. And that's just awesome. And you also, in your business, you teach what you call the three pillars of e-commerce success. And I'd love for you to maybe touch a little bit about what, what is that and why are they important? Generate cash flow, jumpstart your business and keep it going. We really start with that one because without that, a business can die, right? And, and I think most people are nodding their heads because you don't want to end up in a situation where you're, or you want to quickly evolve out of a situation of you're relying on your family resources, Right. That's always a, a touching one of how much are you putting in that new business of yours? I don't know that we can do that. So that's a pain point for a lot of people when, when people are just getting going is, so we hit that right out of the gate, get that cash flow. That's where arbitrage comes in. They could have that arbitrage business just there running steady Freddie, 20 grand a month, whatever profit that helps them do X, Y, Z with their other business. It can really be seen as just a cash machine, the arbitrage model. The next thing is to automate systems. And that is to create leverage in your business for scale. So that automation, what that affords you to do is to work on your business rather than in it. Because when you're in that business, you're really, as Robert Kiyosaki says, hey, got news for you, you own a business, but you're an S. S means if you don't show up, the business doesn't continue right? It's all dependent on you showing up and putting in those hours. So what we teach as a outcome through e-commerce is it's an ultimate business lifestyle type of business that this can run on automation such that pursue what you really want to do. If they want to do that, I'm going to just say, I have people, I love, you know, speaking of solopreneur, they love doing it all and they're hanging on tight to it because they, they love it. I mean, and I've, we've talked about it and there's nothing wrong with that. But they, I like to make it so they know the end outcome can be it runs with or without you if you want it, if you want it. So that's automate systems. And I'm a big believer in systems regardless. And the last is build assets to pass on to family or to sell for profit. And so this is what their pillars that through e-commerce and even through our arbitrage method, you can check the box on all of them. Sweet. I'm generating monthly cash flow. Sweet. I've got automated systems and a team to run them for me. Sweet. I could actually have someone buy my automated business from me. Check the box. So that way you've got kind of that bigger lens and filter of what the potential outcome of that business model is for someone who's new to business and really doesn't know kind of that end outcome aspect. Because that's what's typically asked is, well, what's your end game? I don't know. And which was me too, by the way. So I don't know what the end game is. We'll find out. So, but with this, we structured it that from day one, you can know what that end game can be. Yeah, I'm really glad you talked about the business equity side of things because that is something that many solopreneurs and entrepreneurs really kind of gloss over or fail to think about at all is you want to have an asset in the end, something that is beyond just you're putting in the hours because otherwise, what are you? You're just an employee putting in the hours without without unemployment benefits if something happens. So you want to grow a business, not just a job for yourself. And I think that's such an important point. I'm really glad you brought that up. I would like to kind of shift gears a little bit and talk about something that's probably a little less comfortable, but there's always risk in any business model. What's the risk with arbitrage? I mean, I, I know you used to do eBay, like I used to do eBay, or actually my wife really did the mm -hmm. eBay stuff. But you shifted because there was a change there in a the marbleplace. So what kind of risk do you see in, in arbitrage and how would you overcome those? The risk would be more sellers can jump in on a listing that when you know and this is something you learn as you go, but in the big scheme of thing, it's not like a game over like getting a Google slap as an example. <laughs> it would be where when you are having your product vetted for which when you do it in the online method, through our automation, that happens because you're able to outsource overseas to a company, country, I should say, called the Philippines. And there's thousands of them who, like, that's one of their national exports is their virtual assistants is what we call them. And they, are, they service tens of thousands of Amazon sellers. It's a whole, there is a massive industry that has been built around the third-party seller Amazon platform. 
it's a massive ecosystem with money points all along the way. And so the VAs do that part. So I'll just say relative to that risk, and I'm just saying that they do that grunt work for you of vetting online. And we have this special spreadsheet software tool that our members use, et cetera. But it can be, so like this would be kind of, whoa, wait a minute. When I first sourced it, I only saw three sellers. And this is the thing that can change. And it's when the marketplace is more volatile. So it got very, very volatile during Q4. And then where it also historically every year without exception, we know it gets very, very volatile in the Q4 selling season. So I was sourcing some Barbie dolls that they have this limited edition that comes out. It's the 2020 Barbie doll. So I buy a bunch of these Barbie dolls and oh, there's other people are doing this who also jumped on it. Other third-party sellers And when I first scanned and looked, it was like, oh, there's only seven. That won't be a problem. Then I ship it in a week later. Oh, man, now there's 20. So in that scope, it's knowing how to ride it out, whether you drop, it's called a race to the bottom. So I'm talking big picture. And all these things we teach and train on, but it's kind of a, oh, it doesn't always stay the same, man. No, it doesn't. There's times of the year it's more volatile than others. So our master trainer, he's heading into his 12th Q4 selling season as an Amazon seller. So a veteran knows a whole lot more of what can happen, just like in real estate. There's things that happen in the real estate industry. Someone who's been in there 30 years can run circles around someone who's less experienced. Uh, oh, let me just tell you, that happened 15 years ago, and here's what we did. So that's one that can happen there. Actually, and then to this idea of like saturation of competition, because that was my number one concern when we shifted seven years ago. I'm like, oh, the shelf life online, it's so terrible and digital marketing info product. Oh man, your shelf life, oh man, three to six months, you're lucky. And that was my expectation. So I'm just saying that this is where I thought there was going to be a hurdle. And it's been anything but that. And I was like, why? Why? because Amazon's so darn big. But I thought for sure we were going to get what's called offer fatigue in in just becoming an Amazon third-party seller. There's going to be a fatigue, because that's what I've seen 15 years being online. This fatigues and that fatigues and this fatigues. It's only accelerated. But that was one of my biggest objections as just as an internet marketer. So that didn't happen. But specific to arbitrage, there's just so much opportunity and finding those little honeypots, which I want to give a teaching point of what you can do to create leverage off of the arbitrage model and how it creates a natural springboard is you find the hot selling, for example, is princess dive sticks, little girls who love to swim in the pool. We found these at Target and we sold a ton of them. It's princess, whatever. I don't know the Disney characters, Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid, and they dive down to grab their dive stick, and it's a game. It's fun. And I thought, huh, that could become a proper legal product. It wouldn't be Disney because that's what you're riffing off is that brand, so to speak. But it does speak to, oh, there's a lot of volume of, of dive sticks. I had no idea. My kids were past that stage and that. But it can allow you to then bridge over into wholesale because the arbitrage experience speaks to you and says, there's more here. This honeypot's a little bit bigger than you thought. I'm trying to think what other, what did you say, risk with arbitrage? One thing I thought of was because you're also on a third-party platform, Amazon, you don't have control over They could change your rules on you. I think that might be one of the kind of risks somebody might think about. What kind of changes have you seen over the years with them in that regard? Okay. There has been one that was fairly significant this spring, the biggest one in our seven years, which was because of the deluge of orders coming through Amazon, and this is, there's a distinction. There's merchant fulfill where you're shipping it to the customer. FBA is where you're shipping into the Amazon warehouse and they take over from there. So in with this particular ruling and how it impacted us, if you want to call it negative, because there was so much spillage, over, uh, spillage effect, they narrowed it down to the five essential categories. Meaning you maybe had toys. Yeah, sorry, we're not accepting those right now. Oh, you got... Um, Food went huge because people started buying their food online rather than in the local stores. It was baby. It was pet food, of course. I don't remember it was household. There are five categories. And so it's like, oh, darn, I've got inventory that I was going to ship in my toys. I can't do that right now. We immediately, almost from day one when that news came out is, oh, we're going to put out some merchant fulfilled training. We did it on our 
we have a Facebook page. It's just free open information. It would call it a goodwill public service that all Amazon sellers, if you're FBA and you're in a world of hurt right now, come listen to our training. God bless, use it and help out your Amazon business. And our sellers just kept right on cruising because they learned to do merchant fulfilled, even though we pretty much teach them FBA because you're in a favorite position to end up in the buy box. But because things were so (laughs) huge on Amazon, people were still looking for toys, especially because kids were home now. How do I keep them occupied? I'll order Legos, blah, 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 whatever. And so our people were able to keep on trucking by going merchant fulfilled. So we overcame it that way. We thought they were getting stricter with people even being accepted to become an Amazon third-party seller. But no, when you sign up, there are these parameters. We have a little starter course called Amazon Basics. And basically what it is is this. Amazon deals with millions of people. Follower instruction to the T or it's going to come back a mismatch. You didn't submit the whatever XYZ. So we have a special group page that's devoted to people rush through that sign up process and didn't pay attention to it's highly specific. That's one thing with Amazon. You don't get to, um, let me do this black hat thing, or I don't think I really need to do that. Or they say to ship it like that, but we could do peanuts instead. No, no, no. Amazon is all about creating a standardized experience for their customers, period. End of story. So whatever Amazon says and what they want that experience to be, you line up behind that because you're serving their mission, which is they are 100% customer-centric. But the sign-up process, we have very, very few mistakes in, with our people because we're so on it. I'm trying to think there's been IP infringement and um, trademark, people selling something that is prohibited. So our sellers, we're so on it that we're able to help people very quickly. And when we see something that starts to become a common experience, we're teaching on it like that. So we're seeing like for about four years ago, there was a big rash of suspensions. Yeah, people were loosey-goosey. They weren't following the rules. So we always line up right behind their rules. And if someone runs into a deal, we'll look into it further. Well, here's what you did wrong, honey. Yeah, and that's why it's everybody's corrected. best interest to, to follow the rules because that's for the customer's benefit and that's for your benefit and it's for Amazon's benefit as long as you know what they are. And I know that Amazon places those out there. I'm kind of a reader kind of person. And my, my wife kids me because when I bought a, our first car seat, I like read the entire manual before I put it in the car. This is who I am. I read everything. I know nobody likes to read, at least a few people like to read like I do, but take the time to do it and, and make sure you're, you're following the steps because that's going to help you whether it's Amazon arbitrage or whatever it is, it's going to help you <laughs> know what the business is and what the parameters are, and you're going to be better off. I want to uh, talk about sourcing methods. You told me a little bit before our conversation today that there's different sourcing methods and there's different pros and cons to them. And I, I've been loving this conversation. I'm never probably going a little bit long, but I don't, I don't care if you don't care. Sourcing methods, how do you get the products and, and what's, what matters as far as what you pick on how you source them? Yeah. So just a range starting at the beginner level is arbitrage. Then typically it's wholesale where you're like, well, this is kind of sweet. I mean, I bought a hundred of this and this and I sold them all, but man, I wish I could just buy them in bulk and keep it going. And that's just a natural organic thought process that anyone who's selling, I mean, I didn't have to really think about it. It was just like, wow, these are selling like crazy instead of me dependent on the supply through Target or Walmart, et cetera. I should go directly to the wholesaler. So that would be the next. There's also liquidation. Uh, liquidation, we have trained at ASD Market Week. It's the largest consumer good trade show in the US. And part of their platform is there is a day for liquidation. And that's, I think it's the day before the trade show actually starts. If I recall, it's a five-day event. And so there's liquidation. There's a science to that. I mean, you got to make sure that there's actual demand for the product. And too often people go by, oh, that's so, oh, it's so cute. No, no. God bless the women who think it's cute. <laughs> you know, it reminds me of when I was sourcing that it was Walmart and on clearance. They had this, to me, the most hideous looking purse. And I'm sure it was made for little girls. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so gaudy. That is so ugly. These sequins, you gotta be kidding me. It's gotta have a really bad rank. Oh no, no, it's not selling. Never judge a product. <laughs> but you just never know. But on the whole, we go by what do the numbers tell you? And there's product research that you can do in advance. And this is why starting with arbitrage, you're starting to become number-centric. You have to. The arbitrage method is totally on that. When you go to wholesale, you're now starting to really study keywords. 
what is driving people to that product listing? It's keywords. And but it's a multivariant situation. It's what are the reviews? Are they five star? For example, if you're evaluating a product, one of the criteria is how many stars do they have? Oh, three? Uh, pass on that. You want four and five because that's going to be part of your actual seller performance rank is, oh, we see that a lot of your products are getting returned. Buying products with three-star review. No, you don't do that, right? So because you're being engaged, there's all these algorithms going on behind Amazon's platform. And part of it is you, you, you're getting ranked by your seller performance. And if you're bringing cruddy products into their marketplace, it's going to reflect on you and you're not going to show up in the buy box as much as a result. How you, anyways, so back to that, as you go wholesale, then it's private label. And with each subsequent method that you move up into, so private label, you think, yeah, this time I'm going to own it. And you know, when I do white label with wholesale, when the people come in and riff off of my concept, oh, I know I'll do bundled offers and that'll help mitigate that, which is true. And that's a whole different, I wouldn't call that a sourcing method. It's just a way to have greater ownership of your own listing is a, a product bundle. Like back to school, you'll put together like five different products and they're all sourced from someone different. Uh, No one else is going to repeat that. And if they do, and they're... Anyways, product listings, then you go to private label. Here's the challenge with private label. I'm I'm not opposed to it, but the pros and cons. The pro is, yes, you're going to own the listing. You you start to get greater control. And I always teach people, ultimately, you want to end up with as much control in your business as possible. So see Amazon is just a traffic source. That's how I look at it. It's a traffic source. You can use that as springboard of it gives me all this gorgeous data. And now I'm going to go to Shopify. Because you should look at Amazon as it grooms you up to be an awesome. They will train you real good. They will train you. And there's nobody who can compare to the gold standard of Amazon to train you to be a good e-commerce seller. Then you can take that hard-earned knowledge. And then you're going to go be far better equipped when you go to Shopify. So just kind of that bigger picture view of Amazon. But private label where it can go wrong is... When you made the determination of that product off of all your data is, let's say you did in January, let's say you did it in the fall of last year, and then along comes COVID and, oh, you're going to have your supply chain in China. Oops. It's not just COVID. I saw that with when there are dock strikes in LA, when I was sourcing a product from China, this is like in 2014, stuck on the ships because the people on the dock were having a labor strike. And I couldn't get my product. And pretty much it just went nowhere. It flatlined. It went on for months. Then that product wasn't popular anymore. <laughs> so, so basically, there's more risk. The more variables there are, the more for things to go wrong. And so the, all that energy you put in your private label can go cattywampus or it can go big. There's just a greater range of variance for it to flop or win. There is another method print-on-demand, which we also teach that. Here's the cool thing about print-on-demand. There's pros and cons to it. Print-on-demand is, the beautiful thing is you do not put a single dime into inventory. Nothing. The way it works is it's all built upon keywords and listings. So you're paying for, and in this case, and we teach systems, so your VAs are putting up these new designs and you're testing them on Amazon. It's practically free. You're just testing. You might do some sponsored ads. And all this teacher's mug really takes off, okay? But your fulfillment of that mug doesn't happen after you transact the sale. So you're getting the money first, then you place the order with the fulfillment, the print-on-demand shop. They're creating your custom design and shipping it off. But the con in that business model is getting it right and finding what's going to sell fast. So for example, you can leverage a political season and it can be really, 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 really lucrative. You get that one mug with that one little saying, that one little tweet, the one little whatever, and man, you just sold a thousand of them. But it's, it doesn't have anywhere near the predictability or sustainability of arbitrage. So, but you can, you can do well, right? So that one, you don't have that big cash outlay but it carries a higher level of sophistication of you're going to run your business model off of keywords, paying attention to the news, and a lot of testing. Arbitrage doesn't take any testing at all. There's zero testing. All you're doing is jumping into the river where the salmon are jumping and the bears are eating the salmon. That's all you're doing is the, the waterfall is gushing. Here, let me put in my cup and I'll take 
10,000 a month out of that, that gush of stuff. It's already selling. You're just tapping into it. Print on demand isn't so easy that way. And then sourcing China is obscenely complex. My son is a sourcing agent in China, but that whole supply chain has gotten very interesting. And then there's Shopify, which I would just say, you're going to have to realize you're going to have to go through the learning curve of understanding how to generate traffic and converting that into sales and have it be profitable. And that's not a very easy thing to do. Yeah, of course, the flip side of that is with the solopreneurs I work with, you're going to need to figure that out one way or another in most businesses anyways. So That's this right. could still be a very viable model and you could start easy with arbitrage. And I, I think, you know, one of the questions I had for you is what's the easiest and fastest and most foolproof method to get started in e-commerce? And it sounds like that, that's kind of what the answer is. But uh, is that right? That, that would be the answer. The arbitrage Hands down, it's Amazon. arbitrage. Because it mitigates, you don't have to worry about keywords. You don't have to worry about funnels. You don't, none of that. That's all gone. You don't even really had to figure out what's the new product that can, what's going to be the whiz bang winner. I saw this pooper scooper up for dogs that I just know could be better. I know it could. Okay. <laughs> or are you going to sell something like this that they're already selling thousands of every single day, as long as it's profitable, et cetera, and meets all the other parameters. Arbitrage is just so simple and fast and easy. We know because we've taught all these methods. That's just where it lands. This has been a really a tremendously fascinating conversation. I've loved this conversation. And I want to mention to our listeners that Anne has a complete training course, literally a complete training course available for free to you to listen to, not just listen to, watch. And I was impressed because usually you get a free gift and it's like you get a four-page PDF that's like half of its pictures. This is not the case here. We're talking hours of video-based training on exactly how to make great money with arbitrage. And you, you could get started today for free doesn't cost you a thing. Just use the training dance provided. I think it's extremely generous. I was telling her before we actually started the official podcast interview here that I was just really impressed and how, how generous she's been. And, and like she says, and I'm in agreement, is that it makes sense to give your best and educate people. And you talked about that earlier when you educate you on health and, and it just makes sense to people to buy the product. Well, here's the thing. Anne is an expert. She's been doing this for years and she's offering you this gift for free. I'm going to put the link in the show notes. Uh, I'll go ahead and say it here, but it's okay, Anne. www.joinebs.com forward slash solopreneur. And I will put that link in the show notes, but make sure you go there and get this free. This is literally a five video training course that you can just take your time and go through it, follow the steps and learn exactly how to do arbitrage. And if you need more help, Anne's company is, is really the pros at doing this is why I'm having her on the show today because you'll learn so much to get started and then she'll help you take it to the next level. And that's why I'm sure she gives us away. I'm like, again, I'm still blown away that there's this much value for free. It's not common. And I just want to encourage you, if you have any interest in arbitrage, to take advantage of that incredible free offer she has. It's a complete course right there. And just, just grab it. So, Anne, thank you so much for, for offering this very generous gift to our listeners. And I've really enjoyed our conversation. Where can they find you and learn more about you and your business? Ecommercebusinessschool.com. Joinebs.com is the short, you know, the redirect to it. Because I always have to look. Did I type in three S's? But anyways, <laughs> ecommercebusinessschool.com or joinebs.com will take you directly to our homepage. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Anne, for being here today. It's my pleasure. I'm thrilled to share this information. Thank you for listening to the Solopreneur Success Podcast. We hope you discovered valuable advice on how to start and grow your own successful solopreneur business. If you liked the podcast, you'll love the all-new Solopreneur Success Connections community at solopreneurcoach.com. Here you'll get exclusive access to our private, members-only community of business builders, free business building resources, and live online monthly training designed to accelerate your business success. Join us now at solopreneurcoach.com. Hey, solopreneurs, it's Steve Combs again. As you probably noticed, I'm so new to arbitrage, I didn't even know how to pronounce it right at the start of this interview. A couple weeks ago, Ann Sieg and Brian Cummings, who is Ann's Director of Training and Coaching, 
delivered an outstanding pre-training session for members of my Solopreneur Success Connections community. Now, not only did Anne explore the opportunity with us there, she gave away totally free her complete 5 Steps to Amazon Retail Arbitrage course to attendees. Many are using that exact course to make very good money right now, but she also gave a very generous, exclusive discount to get into her online shopping profit system. That's where Anne and her team guide you step-by-step through sourcing great products online cheap and then resell them for very nice profits on Amazon. I know, we all thought Amazon is the cheapest place to buy. Not so. Personally, I was so impressed by Anne and her team, I also took advantage of her discounted offer to join her online shopping profit system and community myself. I'll tell you right now, Anne and her team are the real deal, and their courses and support are to thank for the results I'm already seeing in just two weeks. I jumped in with both feet just two weeks ago and have already learned how to set up my Amazon seller account, source great products with high profit margins, get them into Amazon's fulfillment centers, or sell them direct to consumer. I'm doing them both. And right now, I already have my products listed in Amazon's coveted buy box in some listings and others that will be once they arrive at Amazon's warehouse. And they're not exotic finds either. I'm buying and reselling stuff like slippers and toothbrushes, Bluetooth headphones, and things like that for a handsome 50% or higher profit. I'm telling you all this because you could easily do this too. As a listener of this podcast, Anne has graciously allowed me to give you the same free 5 Steps to Amazon Retail Arbitrage course as our members, and the same exclusive discount on the online shopping profit system. You may be asking, why get both? Because you get their hands-on support and some incredible tools with the online shopping profit system. These are huge time savers, worth every penny of the small price she's asking for them. Now, I want to be fully transparent. I've also signed up as an affiliate for the e-commerce business goal. But I'd recommend Ann's programs even if there were no affiliate relationship because they're truly that good. I'm using her courses and her team support right now to build yet another healthy income stream for my business, one that in the near future would be mostly automated. So if you're at all interested in exploring this opportunity to make money on near autopilot with Amazon, Ann's programs come with my highest recommendation. You'll find the links to get both the free 5 Steps to Amazon Retail Arbitrage course and the exclusive Solopreneur Success discount on her online shopping profit system course on the show notes page at solopreneurcoach.com forward slash 030. I didn't even mention the free bonuses Anne is throwing in when you get her paid course. I'll let you see those for yourself when you go to her link. Again, you'll find all those things along with the show notes at solopreneurcoach.com forward slash 030. That's all for today, so until next time, I'm Steve Combs, the Solopreneur Coach, and I thank you for listening.